Hello and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor radio program and podcast. Always great guests and we have one coming up right now, so stay tuned. Well, hello everyone. My name is John Paul. I'm the Senior Manager of Public Affairs and Traffic Safety for AAA Northeast, also known as AAA's Car Doctor. And electric vehicles still are not the highest number of vehicles on the road right now, somewhere between 4% here on the East Coast, maybe 8 or 9% out in California, but certainly electric vehicles. Everywhere I look, I seem to see an electric vehicle. And there are some concerns about, is the grid capable of sustaining electric vehicles? And you know, as they become more popular, will the grid be able to support this? And kind of across the country, we've seen rolling brownouts, uh, in air conditioning season, things like that. So there is a bit of stress on the grid, but there's a new app that might be able to help. And with us is Joseph Vallone. He is the North American head of EV Energy. Joseph, good day and welcome to this AAA conversation. Good morning, John Paul. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great to be here. So um, is there a concern? Is there enough electricity to handle uh, electric vehicles as they start to grow. What's your thought on that? Yeah, so I think the the, the concerns that you uh, sort of mentioned are are definitely valid concerns, and I think the 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 key point is that electric vehicles don't need to be a problem for the power grid uh, if their charging is properly managed. So if EV charging is not managed uh, in any sort of intelligent way, then yes, we're going to start to see strains on local parts of the power grid, uh, you know, in areas with higher levels of EV adoption, uh, when all those vehicles are charging, you know, at the same time, potentially during peak hours. Uh, and, you know, peak hours tend to be, uh, you know, kind of in the early evening, you know, when, um, when factories and businesses are still running, Folks are coming home, they're turning on all of their appliances at home, uh, you know, whether it's plugging in and charging their EV, turning on the air conditioning as they get home, um, you know, turning on lights, running uh, dryers, um, you know, other pieces of equipment, all of that can, can really sort of add to strain on the power grid that could cause a, a brownout or, or a blackout. Um, and in certain parts of the country where heating is largely electric, uh, we also see peaks uh, or sort of peak demand uh, during the morning hours as well, uh, when electric heaters are running, sort of, you know, warming up homes as, as people are waking up. Um, so when EVs are, are sort of charging during those times, uh, that that can actually, you know, cause a, cause a problem for the grid if it's not managed. And I think it's important to kind of put into context that an electric vehicle consumes about as much electricity as the average American home. So you can, you can kind of think about um, all these EVs, uh, you know, sort of being added, you know, to streets and neighborhoods across America. And it's almost like doubling, you know, the number of houses on, on a given street or in, in a given neighborhood. Uh, as you see more and more, you know, Teslas, Ford F-150s, uh, you know, and, and other vehicles. Um, so uh, EVs do consume a lot of electricity. Um, but, you know, I think the good news is that the technology already exists to manage their charging. And if that charging, by the way, is properly managed, EVs can actually become an asset to the power grid rather than a liability. Um, and that's what we try to do at EV Energy. 
Uh, and, and that's what we're doing together with National Grid through the Charge Smart program. Yeah, talking with the folks from National Grid back some time ago, uh, they're pretty confident that they're in pretty good shape, but they also said that, you know, smart charging is something that's going to help. And I recently did about a 1600 mile drive from, uh, from the south up here to the north and a lot more electric vehicles, a lot more Teslas, not just Teslas, but, you know, certainly Chevrolet Bolts and Ford Mustangs, and also an electric tractor trailer, which I thought was sort of interesting. The first one I had seen from Nicola that um, was uh, running down the road in Maryland, and uh, just the idea that we are seeing this electric vehicle adoption, and I think what happens is with most people, um, your neighbor goes out and buys, a, whether it's a Chevy Bolt or a, or a Tesla, and you take it for a ride and you go, wow, this is pretty impressive. And you're like, maybe my next car will be an electric vehicle. So tell us how your app can help consumers charge smarter and maybe charge without putting as much strain on the environment at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Charge Smart Massachusetts app uh, that we've we've built for National Grid um, allows EV drivers to uh, charge smarter in a very very easy kind of hassle free way. Um, they download the app, they log into their National Grid account, um, and then they just connect their vehicle wirelessly. The great thing about electric vehicles is that most of them have got internet connections embedded into the vehicle. EVs are very sort of high tech uh, and um, they've all actually just got SIM cards, you know, that same thing that you've got in your mobile phone. Uh, and that connects them to the internet that allows us to, um, to connect the vehicle and uh, collect its charging data in a secure and anonymized way. And um, National Grid has come up with this, this sort of, this wonderful um, sort of incentive for EV drivers in Massachusetts that just gives them cash back for charging during off-peak hours. And National Grid defines off-peak uh, as hours starting at 9 p.m. at night and going overnight all the way into uh, the early afternoon up until 1 p.m. the next day. So you have a very nice long window uh, during which National Grid will pay you um, five cents back for every kilowatt hour of charging you do off-peak during the summer months, June to September, and then three cents uh, per kilowatt hour back um, during the non-summer months. And um, that's all you have to do as an EV driver. And then really, you know, it's kind of up to you to, uh, you know, just sort of set a timer, you know, in your vehicle to start charging at, you know, 9 p.m. Or, or midnight or whenever it is, uh, or just go into your, you know, garage before you go to bed, just, you know, sort of plug in the car, start charging, then it should be ready by the morning. Um, and, that's really that's all, all that's required. Um, no special hardware, nothing to install. Uh, just use the embedded internet connection in your vehicle uh, to send that sort of that anonymized data to EV Energy, so that we can pass it on to National Grid, and then customers will just see the cash back on their electricity bill every month. Uh, and this this program has been going for a few months now, and we're seeing really nice chunky savings. You know, customers. Uh, getting sort of 10 to $15 uh, off their energy bill each month by charging off peak, which is great. So this is as this is one of those things that somebody might say, eh, it's 10 bucks a month. Uh, is it is it worth it? Do I really want to go through it? But it kind of goes back to sort of, I walk down the street on a Monday morning and there's a $10 bill sitting on the sidewalk and I walk by and I pick it up. And 
The next month I walk down the same street, there's another $10 bill. By the third month, I'm starting to look for the $10 bill. And this is very similar to that idea that, yeah, I can save a little bit of money. Is it going to be a ton of money over the course of a year? No, but you know, if I could put $10 or $20 in my pocket every month, that's a, that's a significant savings. And it allows me maybe to go do something else that's maybe more fun than paying my electric bill. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, in the current economy, you know, with inflation as high as it is, I think what we're seeing is that Americans are trying to save in any way that they can. Um, and if your utility is going to just, you know, sort of give you money back for your electric vehicle charging, um, I think for a lot of folks, it's just been a no brainer. And, you know, 15, 10, $15 a month is not insignificant. You know, that adds up to as much as like $180 per year. And by the way, National Grid will give uh, all of its customers an additional one-time $50 bonus when they enroll in this program. So, you know, you're talking about over $200, uh, you know, in a, in a given calendar year um, off, the, off the charging that you were going to do anyway. Imagine going to the gas station and getting a $10 bill back every time, you know, you, you fill up at the pump or a $5 bill. That's I mean, that's great, right? You, you, had, to, you had to fill up anyway. Um, and, and this way, you're, you're just getting money back. Uh, so I think it's a fantastic program that National Grid um, is, is rolling out. I think it's no surprise that we've seen um, an, an incredible level of demand already uh, just since rolling this out, you know, um, uh, just sort of to the public last month. Uh, we've got over 1,500 customers already enrolled, and we're seeing those numbers sort of tick up every day. Um, and we're planning for up to 11,000 customers to join um, over, over the coming months. And uh, right now it's being rolled out in Massachusetts with National Grid. Um, how do you see this expanding maybe throughout New England, the East Coast and across the country? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so EV Energy you know, works with a lot of utilities across the country, not just National Grid. Uh, National Grid is one of, one of our partners uh, and we're very happy to be rolling this out in Massachusetts, but there are a number of other uh, utilities across the country who are rolling out similar programs. Uh, so just across the, the state border in Connecticut, um, we work with United Illuminating, uh, the, the major utility there, uh, to run um, a similar program, actually, uh, you know, again, app-based, completely, you know, wireless, uh, just connects to your vehicle. Um, and that's one actually where um, uh, the utility is offering uh, customers $100 to enroll and $50 per month during the summer months to not charge uh, during peak events. So it's a little bit different. Um, you know, it's not sort of a daily thing. You'll get a push notification on your phone through the app, letting you know, hey, uh, you know, this afternoon, the grid is under a lot of strain. Uh, please don't charge your vehicle. And as long as you, you know, don't charge your vehicle, um, you know, uh, over the course of the month when you're getting these, you're getting these alerts um, and you just, you know, wait till the event is over. Um, and EV Energy, by the way, can automatically schedule your charging if you want till after, you know, that event happens um, so that it's sort of a set it and forget it thing. You don't even really need to take any action. You'll get $50 a month, which is, which is absolutely great. Um, we see other utilities, you know, across the country rolling out these kinds of programs. Uh, we, um, we do a lot of work actually in the South and the Midwest, um, where maybe folks don't think about EVs being uh, sort of as widespread maybe as in California. Um, but the, the point that you made earlier is, is, uh, is a really good one. Um, you know, we're seeing EV adoption now being 
it's sort of still pretty localized, um, at least in certain places. Look, California, pretty much no matter where, where you, wherever you go, you see EVs everywhere. But, you know, we work uh, with actually a utility in, in Alabama, Alabama Power. You don't think of Alabama as maybe having a lot of EVs. Um, and generally, the state doesn't. I think they've got just over 2,000 in, in the entire state. But where there are EVs, they tend to be highly concentrated because what happens is one person on the street gets an EV and then there's this keeping up with the Joneses effect, right? Of everyone else, you know, sort of sees that EV. You go over to your neighbor's house, you sort of, you, you know, you kick the tires around. You Maybe you take it for a test drive. A lot of, a lot of folks are realizing, oh, wow, this, these things are actually really nice to drive. You know, I, I like performance cars and this thing's acceleration is, is just, you know, unlike anything I've ever driven before. And man, you know, with gas prices as high as they are, um, you know, I'm actually going to be saving thousands of dollars uh, a year on, on gas. And so then suddenly, you know, one person has got an EV and then a year later, half the street has got an EV, right? Half the houses on the street. And then, you know, a year after that, you know, almost all the houses have got at least one EV. Some folks have gotten a second EV. Yeah. Um, and there actually, you know, you've got, you know, you've got sort of wires, right? Um, and transformers that are serving a specific street, a specific neighborhood. Um, and it doesn't necessarily matter that there's only 2000 EVs in all of Alabama. If all of them are in uh, you know, a specific neighborhood in Birmingham, uh, well, then that neighborhood is going to have a blackout if all those EVs are charging at the same time and their charging isn't managed. So we're seeing, you know, utilities like Alabama Power still rolling out these kinds of programs, trying to sort of, you know, get ahead of, of the curve uh, in terms of EV adoption uh, and already starting to try to find ways to, number one, um, turn EVs into an asset for the power grid. So actually being able to sort of... Um, optimize their charging a little bit to keep the grid balanced. And secondly, you know, putting cash back in customers' wallets uh, for, for doing the right thing for the grid and, and making sure that their EV um, isn't, isn't sort of contributing further to, to grid strain. It really makes a lot of sense. And the idea of, I was surprised how wide the window is for the off-peak charging. It really makes it pretty simple for people. And the idea that you're going to plug in your car overnight when you're not using it, it's going to charge up. You're going to start the day with basically a full tank of electrons, I guess. And the idea that, you know, you're going to do that over and over again. And the idea that the the app also helps you with the charging by kind of, like you said, set it and forget it sort of thing that no different than a smart thermostat in a house does that kind of knows when you're there and it's not heating and cooling your house when you're not. So the idea that it's gonna all work together seems to make a whole lot of sense and seems to make it easier. And also the idea that from a green consumer standpoint, the idea that you're not using electricity when it's most in demand, and maybe you're using electricity that's maybe produced in a little bit more environmentally friendly way. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the kind of next steps that we're working on um, with National Grid and a few of our other partner utilities. You know, a lot of utilities now have made very big bets on renewable energy, uh, and they are investing billions of dollars in building offshore wind farms and building big sort of solar farms as well. Uh, and, you know, there's definitely an interest in harnessing all of that renewable energy when it's when the wind is blowing, when the sun is shining, and storing that in batteries somehow. 
Now, if you're a utility, you can either spend even more money on building huge sort of, you know, battery packs, uh, you know, sort of out in the desert or whatever in, in you know, in an industrial port, uh, just kind of sitting there. Um, or you can just use electric vehicle batteries, right? Electric vehicles are just batteries on wheels. Uh, and, you know, what we see on the EV energy uh, software platform, and we've got now over 100,000 vehicles connected to our platform who's, who's charging, we optimize every day. You know, we're seeing the average EV driver, you know, kind of plugged in for 12 to as much as 16 hours at a time. Um, and particularly, you know, kind of after this pandemic with a lot of folks continuing to work from home, you know, do hybrid working, working from home at least a, a few days a week. Um, and, you know, we're seeing customers kind of not necessarily unplug, you know, first thing in the morning before their morning commute. You know, when you're working from home, you just keep your car plugged in, right? And it's just sort of, it's it just sort of still charging. Um, and that's actually an incredible amount of flexibility that the grid now has to pump green electrons coming from a solar farm or from an offshore wind farm into electric vehicle batteries. And this is really how electric vehicles start to really become part of the solution as we transition to net zero as a country. So one of the one of the downsides about renewable energy is, you know, we can't control mother mother nature. We can't control when the wind is blowing or when the sun is shining necessarily. All we can do is try to capture those electrons when they're being generated. And of course, there's going to be businesses and households, you know, with the lights on that need those electrons and National Grid and other utilities will just, you know, send those electrons directly to those houses. But, you know, sometimes the wind is blowing so strong and for so many hours, it's it's actually in excess of, of what consumers are demanding. And so, you know, then how do we actually sort of store those electrons for later? Well, batteries are a great way to do that. Electric vehicles are a great way to store those electrons. And that's kind of the next step of what we're looking at. And we've already started to do this in California is actually leveraging electric vehicle batteries to store renewable energy, and most importantly, then paying drivers for allowing us to do that and do the right thing. And you know, in California, we're we're seeing you know up to ninety three percent of the electrons going into EV batteries coming from solar, hundred percent renewable. Uh, and with some of the utilities we work with, there, you know, customers are getting an extra ten dollars a month. Uh, for basically charging their electric vehicles with green electrons, with renewable energy, uh, which is great. So it's just like, you know, it, it's a win for the planet. You know, it's a win for the power grid and its stability. And it's also a win for EV drivers and their wallets. And that's what we want to start bringing to some of the utilities in New England as well. So is the future going to be that I'm going to charge up my electric car and I don't go anywhere and my electricity is going to go back into the grid? to help support maybe my neighbor who drives more often than I do? Yeah, that, that's a technology called vehicle to grid uh, that is, you know, is actually already available. Um, actually, the Ford F-150 Lightning is now one of the, the first vehicles in America to have that capability. Uh, and it just adds another, another sort of option, you know, for EV drivers. Now, look, a lot of the time, you're not going to want to sell your power back to the grid. You, you, know, you need that to go, go around and drive. Um, but there are definitely circumstances in which you know, a, a, a driver might want to export you know, some of the electricity that's in their huge EV battery. Uh, and that can be in a number of, of different circumstances, including 
uh, including a blackout. You know, um, you know, one of the things that we're working on is, you know, can we predict an extreme weather event, right? Whether it's a hurricane, it's a nor'easter uh, that's going to come and knock out power. Make sure we get those electric vehicles charged to 100% before that storm hits and then really enable that driver to power their home, you know, with backup power from their electric vehicle, which is great. Or, you know, on a day where the, the grid really needs it, maybe there's not a blackout, but, uh, you know, a power plant just went offline, right? You know, there was a, whatever, a gas power plant that, you know, had an outage. These things happen pretty mm -hmm. regularly. We're not aware of them, but they happen. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the, the grid, you know, kind of needs extra power from somewhere in order to keep that supply and demand balanced. And yeah, you know, we're, we're already looking at sort of both the technology as well as the, you know, kind of the payments and the financial incentives to, you know, to pay a customer to export that power back to the grid uh, when it's needed. Um, and that's something that, you know, we, we will start seeing happening, I think, within this decade uh, on a meaningful level across America is, um, you know, sort of EV drivers starting to play more of an active role if they want in grid resilience, grid stability, and actually getting paid extra money for, for doing so. So this is sort of, and I'm dating myself a little bit, this is sort of file sharing like Napster started out with sharing music. Uh, the idea that you're, you know, you're storing electricity and other people or companies can access your stored electricity and it becomes a benefit to you. It becomes a, a, a financial incentive to you as well. But also, like you said, it's pretty easy to handle things when they're steady. It's the peaks, it's the, it's the highs and lows that become most difficult. And if we can if we can manage the 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 peak high and the peak low, peak low when it's not being used, that we can push more electricity out, and the peak high when there's a when there's a, a big demand, and it can be maybe offset with some electric vehicles that are just kind of hanging around doing nothing, and all of a sudden they become a source of electricity uh, that can help keep keep the lights on, basically. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and really it's just going to come down to consumer choice, right? So. So exporting your power or vehicle to grid or whatever you want to call it, it's not going to be for everyone. There's going to be some folks who are just uncomfortable with that. Don't, you know, you can't pay them any amount of money to drain their EV battery. That's totally fine. Then there's going to be a set of folks who, you know, are happy to do that, but maybe just, just want to do it really for their own home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when there's a blackout or, you know, whatever the case may be. We need to be able to empower them to do that with technology. Um, and then there is going to be a set of drivers and a set of customers who, yeah, are more than happy to get paid by, by their utility to export their EV battery electricity, you know, back to the grid when it's needed. Uh, you know, they don't really mind if they're going from 100% down to 50%. You know, that's okay. Uh, you know, they're not going to do much driving anyway, or they could just sort of charge later. Um, not a big deal. And it's money in their wallets. And they're very happy to do that as well. Um, so I think what we're really sort of focused on uh, is, is sort of providing the technology and, and the options for all different types of EV driver uh, to make their own choices about how they consume electricity and how they export electricity. Yeah, it really, it really does make a lot of sense. And if people want to find out more information about EV energy or the National Grid Program, uh, do you go to EV, EV energy? Do you go to National Grid? What do people do? 
Yeah, so if you're a National Grid customer in, in Massachusetts, actually you can just go into the App Store on your iPhone or the Google Play Store on your Android uh, and just search for the app Charge Smart MA. That's the app that you just you need to download, log in with your National Grid account, connect your vehicle, um, and you'll just get enrolled in the program and look out for your $50 enrollment bonus to hit your next, your next bill. Um, if you're not a resident of, of Massachusetts or a National Grid customer, um, definitely head uh, to uh, our website. Uh, it's ev.energy. That's it. Uh, to learn more about us uh, and check if uh, you're a resident of a state or a utility uh, where we are working on one of these programs. Joseph, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your day and joining us on this AAA conversation. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Car Doctor Radio Podcast. And remember, you can always listen live every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on North Shore 104.9. Until next time, wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives.